the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. It's very scary. It's episode 69 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. And it's Halloween weekend. Hi there, it's John Taylor. And uh, yeah, I am kind of scary. And we've got the mistress of the dark over there in her beautiful orange blouse. It's a comedian, Shan Carr. And our gay desert guide, Brad Fur, And welcome one and all to our podcast episode 69. What you got on tap for us this time, Shan? Uh, we got a good full show. We start out with our regulars, our favorites. We've got Dr. Laura Rush giving us the interesting but sad updates on COVID chat. And then Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent. And he's catching us up on his daily digest and everything that's happening around town. Everything has everything to do with COVID now. But um, then we have Joyce Silver, who is the original organizer of Courageous Resistance and does all kinds of political work around the Valley. And Stephen Nill from season 17 of The Voice, who happens to have just caught Dolly Parton's eye. And that just makes me jealous. So I don't even know if I can look at him. I'm going to have to ask if he's going to get me together with Dolly Parton. That's awesome. Brad Fur brings us this fabulous podcast with the help of his wonderful sponsors. And who is our sponsors today? It would be Tori Nissan in La Quinta. I've got the fully electric 2020 Nissan Leaf driving that around town in complete silence. You can get yours today. See Bob Bailey at Tori Nissan. And if you want something that burns fossil fuel, you can also get one of those at Tori Nissan. Also by our friends at Desert AIDS Project during COVID-19, Desert AIDS Project innovates with free at-home self-HIV tests that can be mailed to you or picked up at DAP. Testing has never been easier with the free self-test. It's simple. You give them the information and they will give you and uh, the information about your HIV status. DAP's HIV self-test can be picked up or mailed to your location. To receive your free test, go to gaydesertguide.com, click on the banner, or go to Desert AIDS Project's website. These are saliva-based, take about 20 minutes and you'll have your results, almost like a pregnancy test. Um, and if you're not comfortable leaving your contact information, DAP's phone number is 760-656-8425. The reason I talk about the pregnancy test, um, and there, there was actually a, um, this week there's been discussion about, you know, we have a pregnancy test for, that, that can be done instantly and picked up for 99 cents at the dollar store. Um, hopefully one of these days we'll get a COVID test that is just that easy, right? We're talking about COVID today, and that is one of the hopes that, uh, that we're trying to get to. So we'll see how all that goes. Super cool. So we've got Jimmy in the waiting room. Let's grab him. Hey there, Jimmy Bogle. How's it going? Everybody, this is Jimmy Bogle. He is the uh, editor and uh, journalist and publisher of Coachella Valley Independent. CVIndependent.com is where you get on the Daily Digest um, mailing list. And you can also oh, pick the up your issues here. edition. Look at that. Print issue. Wow. Print issue. Yay. The pride issue is out. And, and what's, what's in it? Well, what's sad is about what's not in it, and that's all the exciting stuff happening at Palm Springs Pride next weekend, as we've discussed. But um, right. uh, as we talked a little bit about last week on the podcast, there are two stories that are our main parts of our Pride edition. First of all, I had an extended interview with Mike Thompson with the LGBTQ 
community center of the desert um, about, you know, what it's like to be in the middle of all these fantastic renovations on their big, beautiful building yeah. that no one's been allowed into since March. And, um, you know, how they're changing things as a result of COVID, you know, how they're really focusing on expanding into the East Valley, although he wouldn't tell me every, I think there's another thing coming, he wouldn't tell me everything. Yeah. Was a and then um, we also talked to the, um, let me get this name right, the Desert Support for Asylum Seekers founder, um, Ubaldo, about, you know, he and his partner moved here from LA, they wanted to get involved, they took a trip to Tijuana, and went to an LGBT shelter there and were blown away by the refugee problem. And then that got them into looking at the uh, detention facility, the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Detention Facility in Calexico, and realized there is a huge population of LGBTQ refugees. And a lot of them have nowhere to go. A lot of times they're released from custody in the middle of the night at the bus station in Calexico and have nowhere to go. And they really wanted to get a group of people together to help them and other, um, it isn't just LGBTQ uh, migrants, um, but that's their focus. And, you know, amazing that they felt motivated to do this. They have a GoFundMe campaign going to um, get a house that they can help house some of these uh, refugees in. And so, you know, we just wanted to talk to these two organizations doing amazing work in our community and beyond. Yeah, we, right. there was a John Oliver um, this past Sunday night about that same um, problem, you know, the asylum seekers yep. and uh, really, you know, jaw dropping and, and eye opening. And, and are these uh, folks, people that are uh, sort of refugees from persecution for being gay? A lot of them are. And that's something we've also talked about is that, you know, a lot of these people can't even go back to their families. They're, the people that are fleeing are their families, are their community, because they're trans. And he talked about um, an experience of, um, I don't want to conflate, he talked about a couple of them, but about seeing a trans woman from Russia that he was helping try on a dress for the first time. And, you know, these are, these, a lot of these are our, you know, if we lived in a worse situation, not that the United States is great everywhere right now, but if we lived in a worse situation, something that any of us could be going through just because of who we are. And it's heartbreaking, but I'm so glad that, that, you know, they're doing this work because it's amazing. You know, I, I always think it's interesting with any minority group um, that no matter what that minority group is, women and LGBT people are the only people who are discriminated against inside their own family, inside their own communities, yep. right? Like other things, other groups are discriminating against you, but women and LGBT, I think it's a whole extra level of stuff. Oh my God, I just keep thinking about Trump saying, you're not having your first woman president. We're not allowing it. it oh my God, there's so many things he says. I didn't mean to get to Trump, but damn it. Well, and that's, you know, getting, even taking a step back from it, just talking about refugees, you know, what, yeah. you know, the, the huddled masses, you know, that the, 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 this country has yeah. supposed to take and, you know, we're supposed to be a beacon um, in this world for people who are persecuted and need a new start can come to, you know, what the Statue of Liberty says. And this administration has basically said, no, there might be terrorists, you're bad, you're, you're from those shithole countries. And it's been really horribly appalling. I mean, you're talking about refugees, people who, imagine how, you know, I don't even want to go out of my house to go to the grocery store. 
Imagine how horrible things would be for you to pack up, leave home, travel thousands of miles, not knowing where you're going, not necessarily having any money, not having a job, not knowing anyone, just because your life is so horrible and you get somewhere and all of a sudden you're thrown in what amounts to prison. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't even go home. That was my point. It's your own family that you're having to escape in so many. It's heartbreaking. I'm excited to see that. I can't wait to find one more organization to donate my time to. There are so but many good organizations, yeah. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm excited that they're doing it, and I can't wait to follow their story. We did get your Daily Digest last night. What else was in there? <laughs> oh, um, all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> Um, well, you know, we've got, obviously, you know, I didn't talk a lot about it last night in the Daily Digest, but there's a little bit of an election five days away. And, you know, there's all sorts of court cases going on around that. Yes, I've got your nipple sticker, Shan. Um, uh, Garrett and I both saved ours for you. So if you have a third nipple even that you need to Ooh. cover, in addition to yours, you know, you're covered. Um, that was Garrett's Dixie joke. And Dixie. Okay, well, good. And well, if, if you if you have half a friend come over, there you go. I don't know. But um but an election's coming up. Um, lots of COVID news everywhere other than California is spiking and it's getting bad. Um, Europe is going into yeah. pretty close to full lockdown. Although, as I pointed out in the Daily Digest, unlike here in Germany, they're actually helping businesses out that are having to close. Whereas here, we're kind of like, yeah, we'll get to stimulus when we get to it, if we ever get to it. Um, and, uh, you know, Europe is really bad. And um, Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner, came out and said that the United States is about three weeks behind um, Europe in terms of the surge and that it, we're not bad, bad, bad yet, but we're getting bad. And well, we had 80,000 new cases yesterday and Europe had 100,000 cases with a quarter of the population. So yeah. they are soaring up ahead of us, but we are tailgating. Yep, three weeks away from it, and it, it scares me. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little heartened on a selfish level by, by um, you know, what's, what's happening in California in terms of we're not seeing those increases yet. Um, I think as much as I hate it and as much as I think there's inequities in it, I think that the very strict, um, the little tier system that we've got going on in California is really helping. And the fact that, you know, things are being watched by a hawk and, um, you know, I worry. Uh, my mom and, and my stepfather and are supposed to be coming down for Thanksgiving from Reno and Nevada spiking. And I just don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. So yeah, we had that discussion with my family uh, a couple of days ago. Um, and my parents were concerned that I might try to come back to the Midwest. I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to put you in danger. I'm not going to put myself in danger. They're not even sure they're going to let my sister and my cousin into the house for Thanksgiving this year. Uh, because by mid-November, everybody's indoors in Michigan and Wisconsin and all those Midwest states. And it's, it's, it is going to be uh, very dangerous. And, you know, we, we are, um, I, I was listening to NPR this morning. Uh, Angela Merkel was uh, soundly booed by the conservative right wing uh, today when she announced that these lockdowns are happening. So they're still unfortunately in denial. And we're just going to have to understand that there is a faction of our world that will not believe in vaccines. They will not believe that this crisis is real. And we hope that in a few days, um, the majority will prevail and that things will change. 
So while we're in a fact-based world, should we bring in Dr. Laura Rush and get yep. some facts? Ah, oh, good idea. She is admitted. How are you guys? We are, we've decided for a short period of time today to live in a fact-based world. <laughs> so we've asked you to, to join the room. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We've been talking with Jimmy about some of the things happening with COVID. And, you know, I think we need that local perspective, too, to see what's going on. You know, the, the numbers always come out on, on Tuesday. And, you know, we saw they're pretty much the same in Coachella, but Riverside is starting to see an increase in the number of cases that are rising. And then we're also seeing a ton, obviously, across the country. I think we're about 70,000 new cases a day is, is currently where we're seeing. And the, the Midwest um, and some of the Western states are starting to get hit really, really hard. We're starting to see some of the hospitals are becoming overwhelmed. We're, we're still about the same out here in Coachella, but like I said, Riverside County itself is seeing an increase in the number of cases. So it, it's, you know, finger pointing aside, it's we all have to just start doing things that are going to take care of ourselves and our families because we're not getting any leadership, you know, from obviously from, you know, the White House. They've given up. They've kind of thrown up their hands and said, we're not, we're not taking care of this anymore. It's not a problem anymore. Oh, no, they solved it. It's that. a victory. They, they, they're doing the, um, you know, the uh, mission lap. accomplished banner on their aircraft carrier of COVID. Yeah, they, they said that one of the things they wanted to say was, you know, in his list of accomplishments was that he, you know, he ended the pandemic. Right. I, I guess that comes from his book of alternate facts. So I, I don't I'm know yeah. how I can even think that, but I don't know how they do a lot of the things that they do. So, or say, or believe. So we're clearly not getting any leadership from above. Um, you know, it, it, people really feel like they're on their own and, and it's yeah. a frightening place to be. We're not having any of that support. You know, the state of California is still doing the best they can. Right now we're in um, the purple tier. We're not gonna be moving to red tier anytime no. soon. So that's, you know, they- What, what, are, your what, what, what are your thoughts you know? on that? And yeah, we're, I don't think we're going to be moving anytime soon. So we're, we're with this at least through Thanksgiving. So Dr. Rush, we're also seeing that the tier system, uh, there's, uh, there's really kind of plans to thwart that. What are your thoughts on it? I haven't been up to date too much on what they're going to do in terms of thwarting it. I, I think it's, it's confusing at best to a lot of people. And things seem to be sort of random. And why are we moving? And what are the guidelines they're using to move us to and from tiers when they moved us back when numbers were going down, you know, last week. So people get confused and are very frustrated. I have patients asking me, well, what does this even mean? And it's, it's sort of hard to explain what the thinking is. And I think at this point, like I said, we have to start getting better guidance from community leaders, government leaders, but really, we know what to do now. We, we all know what to do. And that's what we all have to keep telling ourselves. We know we have to wear masks. We know we have to social distance. We know we need to be careful um, when going out to be with our friends and, and our family. We've got Halloween coming up. So, I, you know, it's being smart about that. It's Thanksgiving is a month away. It's, you know, I've told my parents back on the East Coast, they need to stay home. I don't want them getting on a plane. They're in Connecticut. I don't need them getting on a plane right now to come out here, even though we look a little better than they do right now. And it was the opposite just two months ago. Yeah. So I, saw it, Doc, I saw Rachel Maddow 
last night and she was showing some something about two neighboring towns, one with a mask mandate and one without. And yes. it was so clear. I'm surprised I'm not seeing more of those statistics with places that are and places that aren't and comparing them and just because people need black and white. Yeah, they were looking at the hospitalization rates in, in counties with uh, no mask mandate and then uh, the counties with, and it was astonishing. It was just like, hello. Well, there's still a lot of people in denial that the masks are doing any good. I mean, I still see people I know on social media, you know, claiming, you know, the masks aren't doing any good. If it's, you know, if it can't hold in this odor or that odor, how does it hold back a virus? It's just basic lack of understanding on how these things work. Yeah. Um, and, and just people will believe what they want to believe to support whatever misguided beliefs are in their head. And it's very, very frustrating. We have, um, you know, a president who's out there just not wearing his mask, even after he had COVID and holding these super spreader events like he just did in Nebraska with thousands of people, nobody wearing a mask, being left out in the cold on top of each other. I mean, wait till, you know, by election day, there's going to be a lot of people from that that are very, very sick. And it, that's very, very sad. You know, that's very, very sad. But you, we're seeing all of the spreading going on in the Midwest where people were not following, you know, guidelines to wear masks. Yeah. And this is exactly what's happening. We, you know, we're seeing in those kind of hotspots. I was in downtown Palm Springs last Friday and they were doing an excellent job. I have to say the restaurants were doing an excellent job. People were spread out. Um, the tables were spread out. The staff was taking good care of people, but walking up Palm Canyon drive, there were pockets of families and visitors not wearing a mask. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I'm wearing, and I was pointing, I'm like, you need to put on a mask. And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, well, it's a city ordinance. You need to be wearing a mask, but well, it's then go home. Not being enforced. Right, so, go home. It's really not being enforced, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of consternation. I I happened to call uh, Melanie from the Alibi Room, which used to be uh, Georgie's Alibi and whatever else that was over the years. Um, she comes from Los Angeles, and she is just appalled. The number of people they've actually done a a, a poll. They've actually watched people go by, and out of seven hundred and some people that walked by her restaurant. Over 400 did not have masks. Many people who tried to come into her bar and restaurant didn't even have a mask on them. And so she's in the process of putting together a letter, and I gave her some thoughts about where to send it, city fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers, um, to basically um, you know, the health department and everyone else, and let's try to get some enforcement in this city. It's I think the enforcement issue is is big in downtown Palm Springs. I, I think agree. it's something we really I have agree. to address. Well, the lack thereof. I agree. Lack and I, you thereof. Know, I, yeah. I, and I see it with you know I've got friends that own businesses and and they complain about it all the time and you know yep. they won't let people come into their stores and their shops without wearing a mask, and they're having to do this enforcing and then they're having to have arguments. You know yep. I've only had one patient that we had to have an, a little bit of an argument with who insisted on coming in without one and they wouldn't be seen without one. And well, we have to be that, we have to be, make them compliant. Yeah. I know we have to move on soon, but I just want to throw out, I saw a bit of a KESQ story that somebody sent me last night, breaking down the industries that were causing COVID where outbreaks happened. It was a confusing, did anybody else see this? They were saying 50% of the outbreak in the Coachella Valley was coming 
the hotspot, 50% of the hotspots were based on grocery stores. Yes, and that's and that's problematic. It's actually deceiving. It's not right. people going to grocery stores. It's mostly people working at grocery stores, and that's right. part of the problem. Is that a lot of the information that we're being given, it's not being put in the proper context. The, yeah. Everything about that chart looked deceptive and strange, and KESQ like I was expecting better from them. I looked well, at it and looked at it. It's not even KESQ's fault. I believe that chart that they're talking about, if I'm not mistaken, I did not and I did not see. Um, that specific chart actually comes from um, a report that was given by the county health department at a board of supervisors meeting a couple weeks ago. And I saw that and I actually put it in the Daily Digest and I was like, huh? And I, you know, talked to some people and did a little bit of follow up. And, you know, it's not people going to grocery stores. It's, it's the mostly people who unfortunately are working at grocery stores. You know, one of the things about that I don't worry as much as much, let me make this clear, about the people, me, for me, my selfish person personally, about the people walking around in downtown Palm Springs without a mask, because yeah. one of the things, as we know, is duration of exposure. If I walk by someone like this, who's not wearing a mask, especially if I'm wearing a mask, who happens to have COVID, the chances right. of me getting sick are very small. However, the other people in their group who are walking with them the people who are in the restaurant or the business that they're going to and then sitting there for an hour and a yeah. half without their mask on, right. that's the people that worry me. And the fact that they're willing to flout this law and be disrespectful to everyone and walk around downtown Palm Springs without a mask indicates they're probably not taking other precautions in life and therefore they're more likely to get this crap. Yeah. Right. And that's, that is the frustrating part is we're doing everything we can. You're doing everything you can to keep yourself safe and still live your life. And it's just other people's blatant disregard for this, this protocol that's going to, you know, get people very, very sick and kill some people. And it's frustrating. And we do need better support from the city to, to start enforcing these things. If that means finding businesses for allowing people in without masks or finding people in the street, then so be it. It's, it's very frustrating. You know, with the grocery store, a couple of times I went and I, I saw people not wearing masks in the grocery store, not, you know, handling food appropriately. And it was very, very frustrating. I've actually gone to um, Instacart now because I'm just like, I'm just not going to the grocery store at this point. And it's just easier. It's just easier. I, I pick out everything and I set a delivery time. I clean everything before I put it in my house and I'm done with it. I will say this. I will say this. We, um, you know, living downtown um, it, in the last uh, couple of days, I have, you know, because we've had windows open. Um, I've I've heard uh, police cruisers telling people to mask up well, on, that's the, good. on the loudspeaker, that's good. calling them out as as they've gone by. And, good. you know, masks, you must put your masks on. I don't know exactly what they're saying, but it's and then I see and it's like, OK. Well, on that happy note, that's exactly where I would like to wrap up because I kept hearing every sentence and it was like, oh no. So I'm yeah. encouraged that there's enforcement going on. I want to thank uh, anything last that Jimmy or Dr. Rush would like to chime in. I uh, know, pick up the new print edition. You know, I got to do my self promo for the Pride edition. So, and, uh, you know, it, we worked hard on it and, and you know, we're, we're almost up to our pre COVID circulation even though about a third of our locations where you pick us up are still, are, are still closed or are not allowing us to distribute right now, people are picking us up elsewhere. So that's exciting. So thank Before you, Before you go, 
before you go, I'd like to show you my craft projects because I this is um, this is my Halloween costume. It's a rug sample with a bite out of it, so I'm going as a rug muncher. And for Halloween, I've got my googly eye mask. Very really nice. No response. Not even a token. Wah wah. I like the rug. <laughs> Of course, no one's going to know what it is. I've always, I've always been concerned anytime you're in the car with me, Shannon, we drive by a carpet store. I get nervous. But oh. <sighs> Silly. Hungry? We can pull over. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Got to do it. That's my job. That's what I'm here for. Yes. Oh, so that's when you start coughing up those fibers, then we know. Oh, Dr. Rush, right. thank you so much for joining us. Jimmy Bogle, thank you, thank you. You guys be safe, wear your mask, get a flu shot if you haven't yet. And go right. vote if you haven't, or, or put it in the, you know, don't mail it. Put it in the, put it in the, in the official Dropbox. I'm walking I, mine in today. I dropped mine in yesterday, back. City Hall. Yep, it's easy. I did mine two weeks ago, it's easy. Yep. Bye, All guys. right, you guys, be safe. Have a great Bye. weekend. All right, next on the show, we have Joy Silver, who currently serves as a Southern California Regional Director of an affordable housing nonprofit. Her career includes 40 years in senior and affordable housing development, women's reproductive health care, mental health services, and senior care. She was the CEO of a visionary and visionary of the world's first LGBT senior community, inclusive of assisted living services, a lifelong activist and advocate. For causes social and environmental, Joy is the original organizer of Courageous Resistance and Invisible 36. That was the longest short two sentences we've ever had submitted. Welcome to the show, Joy Silver. Thank you. Uh, welcome, Joy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, and all that, your... and, and you look great doing it. I have to say you're one of the most uh, best-dressed uh, podcast uh, guests we've ever had. <laughs> I wanted to be ready for my close-up. Thank <laughs> oh, you. And you are, Blanche. Mr. Neville. I know. So, uh, I mean, this is like your high holiday season, right? I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of been a low holiday season for all of our spirits around politics. Uh, tell us what you've had your hands in lately. Well, mainly right now. I mean, I've been helping a lot of local candidates, especially out in the field. Um, because you can't knock on the door and talk to people. The only thing you can do is what they call in the politics world, lit drop. And what does that mean? It means that when you have a collateral piece or um, a flyer of some sort, you take that and you put it on the doors or you put it at the doors of people. And so you can't really knock on the door and have a conversation because COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> so I've been out there um, down in Hemet and out in Lake Elsinore and uh, I'll be um, helping out in Palm Desert this weekend. And so that's kind of what I've been doing politically. Also, uh, we really targeted um, the Amy McGrath campaign against Mitch yes. McConnell. Because yep. if anybody ever needed to go, it's got to be Moscow Mitch. And so we've been really targeting that. Um, many people are making calls for Biden-Harris. Uh, but our team of what we call the fabulous phone bankers from Courageous Resistance have been really targeting the flip the Senate, particularly particularly McGrath, and also against Susan Collins. So we have Lose Lindsay. That's one of our campaigns. We're working on um, Jamie Harrison campaign. Uh, we're working Rally Against McSally, and that's the Mark Kelly campaign in Arizona. Lovely. Green Collins. 
So we're for Sarah Gideon there. And then, of course, Ditch Mitch with Amy McGrath. So those have been our four targets. We're all oh, about alliteration. So Go ahead, Brad. I just said that, that is so good. You know, it really makes it, it, it makes me smile. And it, it's so great to know that the that what's happening here in California is having such an impact across the country. We know that we've got things pretty much sewn up in many cases for national politics. There's no Senate races this time. So for us to put our energies toward this and to hear about this. So can you give us some, um, some sense of some of the positive things that are coming out of these phone banks? I'll tell you what the most shocking thing was. Let me talk about that because sure. um, calling Kentucky was rather shocking. Uh, and why was it shocking? Uh, it was shocking because um, there were people who love Trump but hate McConnell. Wow. And this was a really uh, that this was um, news because I you know one would think that if somebody didn't like Trump, they also wouldn't like McConnell. But McConnell has done such a bad job for the state of Kentucky. And some people feel like he's the reason why Trump can't get things done that they need. So from a phone banker's point of view, we don't care how they feel about Trump, just get rid of McConnell because right. that's the target of the call. But it was a shock to see that that was going yeah. on in Kentucky. And because of that, it gave us great motivation and inspiration to know that that was happening. And there's a chance there that we can move him out so that is I there really a chance is that are you encouraged that he could lose yes i am encouraged having having done the calls you know when you look at it and you're from the outside you don't think about that because you're thinking oh there's no chance because he's but she's got a lot of money behind her and she did fantastic in the debate with him yes. yeah. i'm so gay that when you said she's got a lot of money money behind her i thought you meant mcconnell that's how gay i am <laughs> Yeah, she's got a lot of money and she's got um, and she did fabulous in that debate. And then, you know, there's this really interesting aspect of her. I mean, she really she really gave him a one two punch in the debate. And he was flabbergasted and could not respond and end up laughing at really horrible things, you know, right. like no health care. Mm -hmm. Ha 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 ha. He said, I mean, so <laughs> he was he was taken aback by the power of the punch. And when he said, well, it's really hard to get things done. She turned around and she said, no, what's hard is landing a jet. That's hard. Getting things done, which is your job every day. That's not hard, nor is it dangerous. And she just went on about her veterans background. And that is it really speaks well. So she's an interesting character and much stronger than we actually originally thought she might be good. so that was really she has good. shown well she really has she has shown really well she has really shown well and one of the the, the things that uh, courageous resistance democratic women of the desert and the uh, young justice advocates who are the group of those young women were, were collaborating right now with the big national protect the vote campaign that's www.protectthevote.com for anybody who's watching or listening but it's very important because the the days after the election are the preparation for what do we do if the election is undermined in one way or another. This is really causing people a lot of anxiety. And people are also uh, anxious about potential um, violence yes. from the opposition uh, because they are, um, they are violent and they do, um, they do follow their cult leader. And it's, it is scary for people, even here. I know. Yeah, we um, had the um, we had the parade of uh, vehicles for Trump, and one of them said "standing by" on the back of the yeah, on the back of the car. And that's very frightening. So what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to confirm in the next couple of days 
are who among the electeds in this, in this Coachella Valley uh, will stand up and say they will protect the election results no matter what they are. Um, they will pledge that they will advocate for counting every vote because that's important that all the votes get counted and that they will commit to nonviolent reaction to any of the election results because these are the three things that people are most upset about. Right now, we've got about 300 people signed up for our car caravan, which will happen on November 4th. So these are some of the things that we're, we're, we're organizing for from November 4th all the way through the inauguration. All right, the way things work in this podcast is um, Shan is the comedian who looks at the world in a funny, skewed, and uh, often acerbic and bitterly funny way. <laughs> Brad is our, our, our businessman and entrepreneur, and me, I'm Pollyanna. So were there things that surprised you in a positive way when you spoke to people you know, behind the red curtain? Uh, in those states that that uh, that gave you hope that there was some humanity on the other end, because we know a friend who's been phone banking and talking to those states and has a long list of things that you couldn't say on TV that were said well, to him. I think I think that um, the example I gave about people who were not happy with McConnell was pretty interesting. I mean. Um, if you speak to somebody in the cult, you, you cannot penetrate the wall of the cult. Yeah. And yeah. so that's usually from the brainwashing mechanism of Fox News. But there are people who really are not happy with the results of their Republican representatives and have not brought the state much, um, much of what they need. And so those people are, do seem to be on the edge and they do feel that there has to be some compassion. COVID, I think, and the response to that has really changed a lot of, of uh, has changed the experience of it because almost everybody knows somebody who either died or had it and that's really changed a lot i think so in that sense it's hopeful i am proud to say that my brother at 53 well mixed proud my brother at the age of 53 voted for the first time in his entire life yesterday. I also had the longest conversation i've ever had with him because he is not a talker i got all that but he voted for trump his first vote at 53 of his entire life. And uh, it was a difficult but powerful conversation. And we agreed to disagree and like each other at the end, but tough call. And that's what we all have to be doing inside of our families, inside of our communities and all of that. You just have to keep having the conversation. I don't know if anybody's been watching the Daily Show uh, countdown of 100, 100 of Trump's biggest scandals. And I feel like once we're all the way down to number one, it will be the best compilation to send forward to our naysayers in our own family because it's mind blowing. You're so right about that. I mean, and, and, and that goes to the effect of how do you unify after this election? You know, this is a really big, right. I think it's a big question for everybody. When you're using Trumptonian uh, methodology, it, it, first of all, my only way to handle this, and, and I will say this, I worked in women's reproductive health. So when people say, are you afraid of the, 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 the Trump-publicans? I say, you've never worked at a women's health clinic. These are the same people who tried to keep women from, you know, who were calling uh, women who needed abortions murderers and that kind of, they're the same people. And so now they, they have just grown to a size where it's okay in their mind to be who they are, but they don't, they have such mis and disinformation 
that it's almost impossible to have a conversation with somebody who's in that cult. I'm sure, Shan, that's what you experienced because trying to have that conversation, it's just a different world. You know, well, and he kept saying Antifa, world. Antifa. And I kept saying, every time you say Antifa, then I will take you as the malicious being the representative of you, right? Because Antifa is not exactly the representative of me any more than the militias are. And every time he quoted, you know, Trump did the ban and Pelosi said, come down to Chinatown. I was like, that was fricking February. What is your side doing since? Oh my God. It's never ending. Joy, no, I think we is. have to have you right, back. Thank you. We have to have you back on. We'd love to talk to you again. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure and thank you all. And let's just put our hands together and say, amen, let's make this happen. <laughs> Bye. Indeed. Thanks, Joy. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Now in the room, we have somebody fabulous and new. Steve Nill is a multi-instrument playing musician and singer who appeared on The Voice season 17. Cool. He was also recently featured in Glamour magazine, and uh, he caught Dolly Parton's eye. And so right now, we're going to watch a little bit of Dolly commenting on watching him. So goodbye. Don't cry We both know I'm not what you You need Oh, Steve We'll always love <laughs> A lot of people can sing But you know you're a really good singer When you can do those things like you're doing On you know When you do those even I can't do it as good as you were doing it. I can if I'm kind of in my element. I know that you're a good singer because you don't just go to those places without having a really good voice. That's a good song to play it on, ain't it? To kind of exercise your vocal cords on. So anyway, it was very good. I loved it. Steve, you're singing one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And you're singing it as good as anybody I've heard singing it. I was kind of wanting to sing along with you, but I didn't know where you were going with all those little trills that you got going there. But you got a great style. I love that. It's always touching to me, as old as that song is, and as many times as I've heard other people sing it, it's always touching, and that was really moving. To oh, me. So my God. You. And you're singing it as good as anybody I've heard singing it. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing to actually know that she heard it and said it was not even just not even said it was good just to hear just to have dolly parton actually hear me sing was amazing there's a lot of people that don't like to hear their songs covered because it's a sentimental or emotional song for them the fact that she wrote the song and it's been recorded by so many people and to have her say that i'm just as good as whitney houston or <laughs> is amazing thank you so much for letting me sing your song <laughs> like i'm about to cry <laughs> Oh my gosh, Steve, nice to meet you. Uh, oh. Nice to meet you guys too. Thank you so much for having me. And you've been, you've been anointed by a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. My, my gay card's official. How did you feel <laughs> that Dolly Parton loved um, your rendition of her favorite song she ever wrote and loves it, you as a singer? It was pretty amazing. They, they actually surprised me with the video. They didn't, uh, so they asked if they could interview me, Condé Nast, which is the, like the publishing or the publication company that owns all the big magazines, um, like Vanity Fair and Glamour and People and all these big publications. And they, uh, 
wanted to set up an interview with zoom thing. So I did basically what I'm doing now, but then they sent me this link uh, and they played it. I played it and they wanted to get my, you know, natural reaction. So that's what you see in the video is me going <laughs> like the deer in the headlights. So it was pretty, pretty amazing. Well, welcome to Palm Springs. You are a new resident. We met, how randomly did we meet? I bought a wine refrigerator from you and your <laughs> husband on Facebook Marketplace a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago. Literally, yeah. that's how we met. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty, that is pretty, how we met. <laughs> pretty crazy. And, and, <laughs> and, and, then, and then I figure out who he is. And then you and I are at a uh, socially distanced um, going away party for a good friend of a, a good friend in the neighborhood. And there you are performing the other night. Yeah. So our, our mutual friends, Chuck and Mickey, they, uh, they live in the same neighborhood as me and uh, as me and my husband. And they asked me to come over and sing a couple songs for this, for the couple friends of theirs. And yeah, you Bonnie and Sally who are leaving <laughs> us, unfortunately, Bonnie Bud, yeah. if you guys remember Bonnie. Um, so Steve, it's, it's such a pleasure to get to know you and to have you in Palm Springs. You were associated with the, um, the Phoenix, uh, is it the Metro Gay Men's Chorus? You've yeah. Been singing with them? Yeah, I sang with them for two, two seasons, so I guess a full year. Um, and uh, I sang with them for, yeah, one full year about seven years ago. Yeah, something like that. Right before I moved to L.A., so how much was, uh, singing do you? How much sing? Oops, sorry. How much singing do you do on a daily basis? Um, now that you're not performing in a group or going to rehearsals with people, I mean, are you singing daily? Um, I I do sing daily. I I record videos as much as I can. Like I have a YouTube channel, and I probably have just under up maybe a hundred videos on there. And I try to. And I do. I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm really big into TikTok right now. So I. Uh, record, record little snippets of, of videos. Um, and I just recently had one go viral and it has almost 400,000 views, I think. And, and what do you think it was that made it go viral? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Is your shirt on? <laughs> yeah, my, 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 shirt, my shirt is on, fortunately, but actually that if it was off might've gone even better, but I'm sure uh, it would. Uh, not to sound cocky, <laughs> uh, I'm not that good. Looking. No. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so it went viral. And um, since then, I gained just in the last, I think, week and a half, I've gained 15,000 followers. So, wow. yeah, wow. So, yeah, so it's pretty I've gained 15 pounds in the last week. <laughs> We're worrying about the election. Okay, yeah. that is your first real zinger. Very good, Brad, for you. Good points. That was funny. Yeah, keep your shirt on. We want to go viral. <laughs> so are you uh, getting, like, I'm a comedian, and I have been getting weird gigs, right, in order to yeah. thrive. you got to figure out how to thrive. So um, aside from singing in your neighbor's backyard, which I'm tempted to do a big socially distanced show in my backyard for lack yeah. of a venue, what are you doing? Um, I am just trying to do live streams, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, actually, I actually went live on TikTok for the first time last week, and I made $13. <laughs> oh, wow. That was totally worth taking a shower for. I know. I, I didn't even have to take a shower. I just sat in my room and played four or five songs, and people gave me money. So that's, oh that's always good. But, yeah, that's so. $3 a song. I know. That's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, It's interesting. Uh, 
I was going to say on a, on a, on a factual note, I actually just booked two gigs, um, one in Phoenix at, um, some of the bars and things are open a little more than California there and they're allowing live music. Um, so I booked a play a gig at a Charlie's, which is a bar I used to go to all the time. Oh yeah. 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 We all know Charlie's. Yeah. 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 Charlie. And, uh, so I may uh, have to call them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're looking for people on the weekends. So, um, call them up. But, uh, I, then I, then I, we just moved from San Francisco. Um, and, uh, I got a gig at the millennium tower, which is the tower that's leaning. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you guys yeah. have seen that on the news. And, so uh, you could perform there. like on a, on an angle and be, and be upright. <laughs> yeah. I just need to drink a V8 before I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're really excited to have you in town. We're totally jealous of how much Dolly Parton loves you. Well, I am totally jealous. I, I adore her. And I can't wait to fall for you. There's so much, I was going to say, there's so much work to be done for a handsome, young, gay male singer in this town. And I promise you, it Aww. will come. We will make well, sure to you. plug you in anywhere <laughs> that there's room to breathe. Well, thank you. I've only been Dolly adjacent. As uh, I've I've been the voice actor on her commercials, like the announcer in between the Dolly Dollywood and that kind of stuff. I've worked with her people; they're pretty nice, but I've never met Dolly. So you are at the top of the food chain, Steve. <laughs> well, I yeah, I still haven't met her either, but oh, good, um, we're equal. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people a lot of people have said, "Don't be surprised if if I get a call from her agent or something." For wow. I, don't what, I don't know what for, but. Um, that would be fantastic. I'm yeah. rude, you know, the, the new season of The Voice is on right now. Are you watching? Uh, I haven't watched. I've seen a couple of the auditions and stuff on um, on YouTube and Instagram yeah. and stuff. I don't really, f yeah. I follow their pages and they follow me, but yeah. I don't really, yeah. I, you know, once my season is over, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Well, so can you give us a little behind the scenes of something fun or cool that happened while you were on The Voice season 17? Um, I mean, just the whole experience was awesome. Uh, I'll say that. Um, I, I can't give too much information about what they do. <laughs> but one thing, so one thing that was uh, very interesting was they do a lot of B-roll. So when you're filming, they, you have to do, you know, you have to sit there and look you know that that angst like right before you perform you have to make right. it look like you're you're nervous and all that kind of stuff yeah. and uh one of the one of the things was when my uh, friends when friends and family are filming uh, they wanted to get a shot of me and my husband don and um, basically we had to sit there and hold each other in, in our in you know hold each other in their in each other's arms and basically gaze into each other's eyes for like two minutes <laughs> For like two minutes straight, and that's all. And we couldn't talk, we couldn't smile, we couldn't laugh, we couldn't do like. And so, if you smiled or laughed, they would. The two minutes would start over again. Oh man! Oh. Mean, well, mean, meanwhile, you have all these other straight families just staring at you, <clears throat> and it's like it's the weirdest thing in the world. So that was an interesting uh, little thing that happened. But uh, it, once that was over, it was. Okay, um, for the viewers of our Facebook video, Steve, would you please give us, uh, I'm gonna throw you a couple of looks for B-roll. Give us, give us um, concerned anticipation. Okay, now give us, give us total angst. 
<laughs> okay, now give us an uh, elated surprise. Oh my God. <laughs> he froze. I know. <laughs> it froze my video. Froze. So basically, because of the internet, all of your responses look the same. That's yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah, Steve, we will yeah, put up. We'll put up links to uh, everything in our um, in our episode information today, so people can awesome. follow you and find you. We look forward to uh, you and your husband Don being a part of I Love Gay Palm Springs. We're thrilled to have you as a part of our community. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for having me on the uh, on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, neighbor. Can't wait to see you do your thing. Welcome to town. All right. We are masked up and we are ready to hear Brad Fur give us the rundown on what is going on this week in the Gay Desert Guide, uh, Daily Digest, Weekly Roundup, and uh, website of all sorts of fun stuff that is happening in our community, whether at home or yeah. out of your home. Indeed. Well, it's the end of the month. Uh, it, it would have been a great Halloween this year. Can you imagine if we would have had Halloween full moon just before the election? everything going on it would have been a fantastic spectacular halloween instead it's going to be a whimper this weekend with a few virtual things going on uh there's a double feature happening um at the cultural center and you know various things that are socially distanced I mean, you know, we've got it all on our weekend newsletter for gay desert guide um, there's also a rightful tour a frightful tour of the metropolitan museum this saturday uh, at 11 a.m., that's part of the men event and part of our fun and games department going on this week. Um, so there's those things. Uh, Palm Springs Pride would have been just a week away. Mm -hmm. And the things we're doing this year, the virtual Pride 5K walk and run. Craig Ramsey came on a few weeks ago. He's uh, one of the champions of the walk and run this year. And that organization, when you register and pay your registration fee, those dollars go to uh, many of the not-for-profits in our community. So we'd invite you to be a part of that. We'll talk more about Pride on next week's show after the election. Modernism Week, uh, the fall preview is just wrapping up. Charles Phoenix, we're going to give him a shout out for dissing us. And uh, we hope that maybe for the spring modernism show, he will be on with us because we would really would like to hear more about what he does. I know. He will always be our first. He will always be our first no show. He'll oh, pay. Wow, that's he right. Pay. He was our first no show. I know. It's okay, but he's a busy guy, and I I saw his last uh, Charles Phoenix Joyride, and it was yeah. in like Minnesota. He is probably visiting somebody in a cold climate because there was wow. like steam coming out of his mouth and ice on the windshield. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get Charles on. We're wrapping up LGBT History Month on Gay Desert Guide. One of the things I'm proudest of is our news feed, where we get news and information from all from sources all around the world and all around the country. Um, and there's a piece about that. Um, also, the Philadelphia Gay News. Mark Siegel uh, does an exclusive interview with Joe Biden. We've republished that on our site. Of course, Jimmy Bogle's Daily Digest can always be found on Gay Desert Guide. Our Woman Crush Wednesday. Who was that this week, Shankar? Uh, Samira Wiley. Oh my gosh, I couldn't Samira get any. Samira Wiley. 
<laughs> That's okay. So we've got that. Um, and then the, the uh, information about Mike Thompson and the LGBTQ Center and what's going on during COVID-19. And eight LGBTQ election night stories to watch from our friends at the Victory Fund. The fact that Palm Canyon has reopened. All those stories can be found on Gay Desert Guide. And when you subscribe to our newsletter, it's a good reminder to click through to the site, see what's going on from a virtual event standpoint, and then check out our news summary. Um, if you are watching this or hearing this before the 1st of November, daylight saving time ends on Saturday night. So we get an hour back of uh, daylight in the morning, and then it gets dark super early in the evening. Um, some free COVID testing going on. So, you know, if, if uh, more people test, then, our, uh, then we hopefully will be able to get back into that red zone. Um, and we welcome our new partner, Mattress Specialists. Uh, LGBT owned. It's in the Ralph shopping uh, where Ralph's is at Sunrise and Ramon right next to the Ralph store. That was a mattress store before, but now Mike and his team have a, a good selection of mattresses. So if you need a good night's sleep, check out our friends at Mattress Specialist, LGBTQ owned and a new partner with Gay Desert Guide. And, and do that business. and do that before daylight savings time because you'll get an extra hour on that mattress. Absolutely. You said mattress, mattress specialists. So I figured it was an escort service, but it's really about mattresses. Okay, good. It really is about mattresses. I also want to uh, chime in that on election night, I will be hosting Christy Holstage's election night party on Zoom, which I think may be uh, accessible. So check on her page or something to see if you can join that Zoom party, no matter which way it goes. Good. And that's a wrap and a summary of what's going on this week. And I love Gay Palm Springs. Shan and John, thank you so much, as always, for your um, work and getting uh, the show set up every week. And John, for producing this show, I really do appreciate it. Um, we have uh, a show next week, which we have no idea what it's going to bring post-election. But yeah. boy, we'll, we'll look back on episode 69 and say this was before... And episode 70 will be after. after. Well, let's hope it's a happy ever after, or at least a happy after the election. We'll see you guys. I love you both. And if you haven't voted, don't mail it. Drop it off. City Hall. Today. Yeah. Now. All right. Boy, we're bossy. Bye, Palm Springs. We love you. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.